It is a blessing to be here with you, and I know uh, we all have many ways in which we're grateful for the gift of God in our lives and grateful that our, light, our lamps have been lit in various degrees and various ways, and the light that has made life more beautiful, made it possible to see further, made it possible to know who it is that's around us, that has been given to us. And so we come here today with hearts of gratitude. I um, didn't plan a gratitude list, and I always hate having to get into thank yous because then I leave someone out and I think about it for five days and whoops, I forgot. But I, uh, there will be many points of being thankful. There's a couple of groups that I want to acknowledge as we uh, take this journey today. Um, behind this banner, uh, are 26 families, individuals, couples that have helped make today possible. And behind the scenes, there was sort of uh, efforts going on and not knowing what to do or when to do it. But I kept just thinking to myself, if, if we can get to a certain place, then, then we can invite everybody in. If we can get to a certain... Um, and these very generous people have helped behind the scenes make today possible. Uh, I'm not a fundraising campaign. I'm not a company. There's the marketing pieces have been done by Veronica here uh, at the Newman Center and the website. Uh, Mary Sharpenberg uh, on the Newman board has helped with the social media. Um, there's a team, uh, Casey and, and Molly Fulton and, and uh, Peggy um, have been encouraging me. And then it's just been individually these 26 families who have said, yep, we, we see it. Let's, let's do it. Make it possible. So I want to thank you who have made today possible without the, that uh, early generous support. Um, but we do have work to be done. The second group that I would like to thank um, are the Newman Board students who, the Newman Board Plus maybe we'll call it. A couple of years ago a Newman Board was started to sort of bring the students into leadership. Many of you are right here, you know what I mean. To help facilitate the life of this place. To help make sure that uh, what it is that God wants done here it keeps moving out. And so many of you, day in and day out whether it's uh, hey, this is, can we do a cleaning crew? We need this place cleaned up for the big day. Or, uh, uh, hey, can we uh, figure out a way to um, have this event for the D-Days float? Or, so thank you so much. It's been a real joy to see you do your part to become leaders, leaders of faith and leaders of the Newman Center. Uh, and three years into the Newman board, you guys are amazing. And I just love seeing you guys become who you are and recognize the gifts you've had. So thank you um, for those things. Um, and the third group that I would just like to recognize are the Focus Missionaries. Uh, this place and all this that goes on is so much generated by the efforts that are put in by the missionaries day in and day out. Um, if you're new here or if uh, different things. Maybe you haven't met one, but, you know, be hard-pressed to find uh, more than a few people that uh, you ask, and eventually somehow it connects to a missionary who met someone who generated life, and that person was given stability to go out and reach others. And when I meet new students for OCIA or for different things, um, you know, it usually ties to a student first, and then if I ask the student how it is that they were generated, usually it ties back. So, 
we have with here, us here, Megan uh, was a missionary a couple years ago. If you just, so people know you're here. I know. Yeah, over there. Next to her is Kenna, um, is currently a missionary here. Uh, Rob is in the back here somewhere. He uh, just gave up his reins to Sam, but Rob has been five years of doing incredible work here. Still makes the dinner, the awesome dinners possible. Um, William here in the front row, um, sitting in the center. Sam, I think, will be here tonight. Samantha, I think, is coming tonight. Samantha's right there, back there. Uh, and uh, Amanda, I know, is here somewhere, too, back there. So, thank you. It's, it's, uh, n- none of this is, like, generated by friendship, but it takes time, it takes follow-through, it takes looking and loving at people and helping them know that they have a place here, too. Thank you. Each one of you who said yes to come today, each one of you who comes and prays in this chapel in the middle of the night, uh, each one of you who says a prayer and asks a question about where God can be in your life, each one of you who comes to a dollar dinner is a sign that there is someone present among us. And that's the gift of our gospel today. The gospel today has this strange dynamic that you would think is so unchristian. I need something you have. Would you help me? And then what's the response? No. <laughs> what? Right? If you said uh, the, the Christian, you made a big banner and said, what's the Christian proclamation? No. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's not the disposition you think of when you think of Christ. But that's exactly what's said here. No. Right? So what is it that we then have to do? Whenever things like this that we get in Scripture are the opposite of what we expect or provoking, like, right, the position is to say, oh, I wonder what's trying to be said. I wonder why that's there. I wonder what it means. When we look back at the church fathers and we understand the dynamic of how this plays out, we can see super easily in our own lives what's happening here. Right? Each group, the five who have lamps that are ready, that are prepared, and the five that are don't, each one of them is loved by God. Each one of them is given the gift of the lamp. God already said yes to all ten. They all have lamps. But there's a moment in which something begins to happen, and at that point, a different thing begins to be revealed. And so, what do we recognize? We recognize at a certain point, I need fuel in my own lamp. I need something inside me that maybe is in someone else right now. And maybe there's a time to get it. And I should do that. So what's the role of the five? Okay, that's the big question. What's the role of the five who have the oil in their lamp? Is it to give their oil? Well, we already know that's no. (laughs) Okay, what's the role of the five? The role of the five is to be a witness of what life is like when you have oil in your lamp. Those five without are right in the midst and they can see, oh, I wonder why you have oil in your, oh, mine's empty. I wonder what, hmm. Right? To start, it's a provocation. 
It's a provocation to have people in our lives who have something we don't. Who have an ability to see what we can't yet see. And so the ones who have the five are already able to give a gift. They're able to give a gift to the other five to say, hey, have you ever thought about maybe getting yours filled up? But then in that, the five without have to respond according to their own desire, according to their own will, according to their own circumstances to say yes. Yes. And then what does one discover? The five were given to me because God wants me to say yes. God said yes to me. He gave me the vessel that he wants to fill. But he made us in such a way that he wants us to desire it, to ask for it, to do the work ourselves to make it happen. And what do we recognize in our own lives? That Christ is someone who fills someone else and then we say, I want what you have. The first reading is really interesting in that the first reading talks about how generous that uh, God is with everything. It's going on is saying, yeah, for him, this, this word of wisdom. Um, where are we at here? She was readily perceived. She wants to be found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known in anticipation of their desire. God is not making it difficult. He wants to make it really easy. But there's always the point where we have to say yes to something. And how does that happen? We come together. Everybody brings their lamps, right? What is the other passage? Another way we remind like to take all of scripture together. And what's the great passage? Don't hide your light under a bushel basket. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of the ways in which you as students aren't hiding your light. Because it makes a difference to people that you might have no idea. I was just with a group the other day and there was just a few of them and they were at a Bible study and there sort of was a sense of like, our Bible study maybe isn't big enough or it's not reaching the people that we thought it should reach or a little. And I just listened, listened. And then I said, you know what? I think I'm most, well, let's pay attention to what God's doing in you. It's kind of amazing. You're at a Bible study, isn't it? That he's like, oh. Instead of, do you see the gospel at work? Like when you're like trying to worry about someone else and then all of a sudden he was like, oh, but my lamp, how'd my lamp get lit? And then that's the way you know how to help the other person is to first know how mine got lit. How'd I get oil in my thing? What am I doing here? And then I said, and trust that people you have no idea are watching you and the Lord's provoking their hearts in ways you can't even understand right now. It wasn't a week before someone reached out to me that he didn't know and said, hey, Father, I need to meet with you. And it's because of this guy. I mean, the guy said yes. The Lord's really, he desires, he wants. It's not difficult. But there has to be a light somewhere. There has to be the five lamps saying, this is what it looks like. This is what you should do. And then all of a sudden, the other's like, yeah, feel me too. Yeah, 
still need to. The gospel is talking about the ways in which those who weren't prepared. And it can seem like the thing we have to prepare are things that actually aren't the most important. And I've noticed that with the Raise the Roof campaign. When my attention has been too focused on the details, I feel like someone that doesn't have oil in the lamp. And then when I have a moment that I remember, oh wait, God, you're already here. Early in the beginning, I thought $420,000. Yeah, we can do it. And then like 24 hours later, I was in despair. <laughs> no! Right? Focusing on the wrong thing. And then I remembered Pope Francis putting a little note underneath the sleeping statue of St. Joseph and friends I have that have a statue of sleeping Joseph and they put a note under it. And then my sister who said, anytime you have a need, get an envelope and put it up, you know, and ask God to fill it. And I came in here and I walked over there and I put a little note underneath the statue of St. Joseph and I said, I don't know how we can do this. And the next morning, someone walked through these doors and said, oh, Father, I forgot to call you back two weeks ago. I'd like to help. (laughs) And you know what? The amount they gave wasn't the thing that changed me. The amount they gave was my awareness. This is the work of God. And then all of a sudden I was like, wow, there's a lot of lamps lit around here. I can't wait to go share with everybody and fill their lamps up and help them say, yeah, I want that too. And everything changed. And then in difficult moments or things, I'd come back here and I'd put another little note and I'd say, hey, Joe, how about you help again? But there's a key. There's two keys. Number one, I got to spend time with people who have their lamps filled. Because that's how I'm rekindled with a desire again. And the second thing, at a certain point, all of those other lamps won't be enough. And God will say to John Rutten, will you ask me to be the presence that fills you. And so here we are today, collectively with all of our lamps and whatever degrees of filling they have, all together to turn towards the Lord in gratitude for all we've been given to say, Lord, will you fill me once again?